It is 7.05, and we are uh, live here, ready to take your phone calls. The Employment Hour, 416-870-6400, star 640 on Selmite. Machete our way through a few emails as well. That is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We'll get into a, a bunch of topics today in between your phone calls, and uh, we'll tell you more details about uh, as well about the employment, the uh, calculator, the severance pay calculator. If you've not used this tool, you are not one of about 300,000 people that already have, so we'll get you on that as well. But we always start with the week that was. That's right, and uh, thanks, John, and welcome to everyone, all our listeners. Hopefully uh, some new people even listening to us today wanting to learn about their workplace rights Employment law affects all of us. We all have jobs. We all work. So what happens at work, what happens uh, when we have a job or lose our job impacts us. It's relevant. And that's what we're here to talk about. So I'm the employment lawyer, and I'm here to take your questions for the next hour. Now, to start us off, kind of warm us up, uh, I'll start by talking about two situations that I dealt with this week uh, with some people that I've spoken about. The first one John, again, has to deal with workplace harassment. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before. And, you know, these things to me are obvious. I mean, uh, the, the, the employer's obligations here are not something that's very complicated. You know, employers have to investigate if there's uh, or complaints of workplace harassment and, and take measures. That's it. It's that simple. And it's so shocking to me that employers often don't do that. So this situation I'll tell you about uh, involved uh, a lady that, surprise, surprise, John, worked for a car dealership. Mm. We've talked before about the car dealerships being kind of the wild west of, of the workplaces when it comes to uh, employment law. So she worked for a car dealership. And what happened with her is there's a new manager that came into the uh, picture and started mistreating her, didn't uh, talk to her very well, like started excluding her uh, from meetings. And frankly, it wasn't anything major, but it impacted her. Uh, and what she did is she went to the owner of the dealership, and there's an HR person, mm-hmm. and she told him, here's what's happening. Can you do something about it? She was ignored. Not even a response. No, no response whatsoever. Some time passes. She goes back again to the HR manager. Here's what's happening. Can you do something about it? Nothing is done. No comment is made. Not at all. This happens about five or six times, okay? Finally, it gets so bad because she's getting ignored. She feels everyone's against her. She ends up going on a disability leave. While on disability leave, she's contacting the HR person saying, listen, it's gotten so bad that I have to be on disability leave now. Can you please do something about it? Nothing is done. Crickets. Finally, she calls me, and and what I tell her is, this is ridiculous. Your employer, irrespective of what they may or may not think of uh, of your uh, complaint, has to absolutely investigate. They have to look into it to talk to you, to talk to other people, to talk Mm -hmm. to the manager, and if there's something there, take legal action. Irrespective of whether your complaint was valid, by not even investigating, by not even doing something about it, they've now constructively dismissed you. They've created the type of work environment they don't have to continue working in. So it's not even that the complaint, the harassment itself was so bad, is the lack of doing anything about it that was the problem. And and, and so in this case, we're now taking legal action against this employer for constructive dismissal. She's worked there for almost 30 years, John. Oh, my. Well, I thought she was new. No, no. Almost 30 years. So she's going to get at least two years pay. Oh, yeah. And this is something that her employer could have avoided so easily if they simply took some action to investigate. So please, if you're an employer, remember, if you're faced with an employee making a harassment complaint, you can't ignore it, irrespective of what you think about it. You have to formally investigate, look into it, and take appropriate measures. What else you got? The second situation, almost more unbelievable, involved uh, a person that worked as a superintendent at a condo corporation. By the way, another Wild West uh, condominium corporations. And unfortunately, he was diagnosed with cancer. 
And he went to his employer and, and he told him, told the employer, unfortunately, because of my cancer diagnosis, I'm going to be going through some chemotherapy and other treatments, and I'm going to need to take time off work. Mm -hmm. The employer says, well, if you're going to have to take more than a week off, we can't do that, so we're going to have to fire you. Uh, so uh, it's up to you. If you're going to be off, we'll fire you, or if you want, you can resign. So he resigns, uh, and uh, thinking he has no choice, except a couple of days later, he realized what he did, and he emails his employer back and says, by the way, no, I don't, don't want to resign. I've thought about it. I'm not resigning. His employer says, too bad. You You've resigned. Did. You already did. It's too late. Uh, we, we're not taking you back. So what happened here? And this person called me. Well, first of all, if you resign because your employer is telling you, well, I'm terminating your employment unless you resign, and then you resign, that is still a termination. Sure. Because your employer is telling you you're no longer going to be working here. You're being strong-armed. So number one, you've been terminated. <laughs> number two... You've been terminated because you have a medical condition, because you effectively have a disability. Your you're employer is saying, if you're going to take time off because of your cancer, uh, we're going to let you go. That's a human rights violation. Double whammy. So this employer did everything wrong. And then when the employer had the opportunity to kind of undo this, when the employee says, I want to come back to work, they didn't do it. They didn't jump at it. So this is an employer that's not only guilty of, of wrongfully dismissing the person, they're arguably guilty of violating the person's human rights. So the lesson here, of course, is you can't be made to resign, number one. And number two, you cannot be let go for any illegal reason, any discriminatory reason. The law prevents that from happening. So let's uh, make sure that if you're ever in that situation, you give me a call because the law does provide some very good protections in those situations. Do you know how long they were? Uh, that person was working there? Ten years. That's still pretty good. Yeah, he's going to get a year's pay. Okay, that's <laughs> not bad. Uh, thinking, and this person thought, and I'm not going to get anything uh, because I've resigned. No, no, they're going to get a year's pay. We'll take a short break, and we'll get into the severance pay calculator as soon as we return. We'd love to have some of your phone calls tonight as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Employment Hour continues. Just getting warmed up. Talk radio, AM 640. It is 714 on the Employment Hour on an amazing, sunny Wednesday evening here on Talk Radio, AM 640. We'll get through the severance pay calculator, but uh, our lovely phone calls always have top priority. got uh, Heidi and Aurora. Good evening, Heidi. Hi. Hi. How are you? Sure, go ahead. I'm fine. Good. Okay, so hired by a different company. As a result, this happened at the beginning of this year. Um, none of us have gotten our raises that we were entitled to. They've told us we have to wait until 2017. And none of the managers are entitled to get overtime pay. We can't bank our overtimes. We can't do anything. So I'm personally putting um, way over 50 hours a week, up to 60 hours a week without being able to bank my overtime or getting compensated for my overtime. And I was just wondering, are there any laws against this? Or are they following the law? So if your employer has now changed the terms of your employment because of this sale, your only option may be to treat your employment as being terminated uh, as a constructive dismissal and leave and get your severance. So there's really no way to stop them from doing what they're doing. The only remedy may be to to leave, resign, and, and pursue severance, pursue a constructive dismissal. So ultimately, the decision you will have to make and your colleagues will have to make is think, what is better for us? Is it better for us to continue working under, under these new terms of employment, or is it better for us to leave, not work here anymore, and get our severance and move on? If you were think that if you were to think that it's better to leave with severance, at that point we should talk, but we should talk very very soon, 
because it's not once you continue working with these changes that they've implemented at some point you're going to be considered to have accepted them so there's a very small window here if you're going to think of a, doing a constructive dismissal you should do this sooner rather than later does that answer the question heidi it does thank you very much thank you heidi 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell and good evening deborah hi hi how are you go ahead good how are you guys um, I'm calling because I work for a uh, big company and um, I guess we're on a step salary. And recently, over the last maybe maybe the last six to nine months, they've been giving us more and more responsibility, more and more training, uh, higher expectations, low tolerance to uh, errors, uh, basically micromanaging and if you're not up to the par, they're starting to put people on these uh, performance plans. Yes. And if you don't, I guess, within a certain time frame, um, improve your performance, we're, we're being told that we could be let go. Hmm. I understand. So, Deborah, here's, here's what I'm going to say, and this is not uncommon when a company all of a sudden has these unreasonable demands and then they get upset if the person is not able to meet the unreasonable demand. So... If you or, or your colleagues, if you're put on a performance improvement plan because you're not meeting these new demands, it's important that you make your position known in writing why this is happening, that it's not because you're not working hard or you're lazy or you're not good at your job. It's because now you have a full workload and they're adding more to that. So And there's only so much that you can do. It's important that it's, it's made clear because uh, on the one hand, they're saying you're not doing a good job. So you can't just be considered to have accepted that. So I don't want you just to sign the performance improvement plan and not say anything. It's okay to sign it. But at the same time, I want you to send an email or give a letter giving your side of the story, kind of like you've just been giving it to me, uh, just in more detail, outlining exactly why it's unfair, those expectations. That said, if uh, they're not happy with your performance and if they decide to let you go, that would be a termination without cause meaning they would have to pay you your full severance. There's no way they can use that to say that they can terminate you for cause. Uh, so it's, it would have to be a termination without cause, and, and you would get severance. But my best advice right now for you and your colleagues, don't just, don't just accept these performance improvement plans. Tell them why it's difficult. Tell them why you're working so hard and why them increasing the workload uh, makes it difficult for you. By the way, anytime you need to uh, get a hold of Lior outside of uh, the, uh, the hour here we spend on the air or on the weekend, it's uh, 416-216-5900. That's his own personal phone number. Walter in Scarborough, good evening. Hello, good evening, John. Hi, pal. What's up? Um, my niece is 19 years old. She's recently employed with a major retail chain, and she goes in for five to six-hour shifts, and she's saying that she never gets a chance to get a break, so I told her to ask when her break times were. Her senior manager, I guess it would be, has told her that she doesn't get a break because it's only a five to six-hour shift. Now, that does sound a little strange to me, seeing as how she's got to be on her feet for the whole time. So the, the law here is this, that she has to get a 30-minute uh, break, uninterrupted 30-minute break after five hours uh, of work. Okay, so if she works uh, five hours or more, then okay. she has to get a 30-minute break. And if she doesn't, if they're, they, let's say she works five, six, seven, whatever, and they don't give her a break, 
the best advice I can give at that point is someone can call the Ministry of Labor anonymously because she doesn't necessarily want to give her name. You can even do it on her behalf and and tell them what's happening. The Ministry of Labor will come in, take a look, and if they find that that's what's happening, they'll order the employer to provide proper breaks. So so they they have to provide breaks after uh, after uh, five hours, 30 minutes uninterrupted. And uh, if they don't do that, yeah, you should definitely call the Ministry of Labor. They can help enforce that. So she doesn't even, she's not even entitled to a, like even a 15 minute break in, be, in that five hour shift? No, no, it's only after five hours. Oh, wow. Yet that the law requires it. I mean, there's obviously good business reasons to give people breaks before, but the law doesn't require it. Okay, then. Okay. Yeah, I'd say you, some people think, you know, you're, uh, you're up for a 15 minute or after two hours or something like that, but it's not the case legally. No, it's not yeah. the case legally. It has to be 30 minutes after uh, no more than five, uh, five hours of work. Take a quick break. We'd love more of your phone calls. You got questions, have them answered right here. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Employment Hour, Talk Radio AM 640 continues. 725 Wednesday evening, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. The employment hour continues, taking your phone calls up until around 8 o'clock tonight. We uh, wanted to get to this as well, severance pay calculator. That's right, John. And, you know, one of the reasons, one of probably the main reasons we do this show is to help people understand what their entitlements are if they lose their job or to help employers understand what their obligations are to employees that they have to let go. And an employer has to pay severance. An employer always has to pay severance. And it's not something that's just uh, for employers that have a certain size, uh, a large payroll. Even small, tiny employers have to pay severance. So we've tried to make it as easy as possible for both employees and employers to find out how much severance they're owed. We've created the severance calculator. As the name suggests, the severance calculator tells you, assesses how much severance you're owed if you lost your job. So it's very simple. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. You input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and it's going to tell you right there and then how much severance you're owed. It's extremely easy to use. It's completely free. It's completely anonymous. And it should always, always be the very first place you go to if you lost your job. I can promise you that if you're staring at a severance letter, a termination letter, that severance offer is completely inadequate. Why? Because in almost every case it is. You need to use the severance calculator to get an idea of how much you're actually owed. You can contact me if you want directly from the severance calculator. There's a green button. If you want, you can press it. But again, always go to severancepaycalculator.com. Why don't companies just offer proper severance off the hop? You know, there's several reasons for that, John. One of them could be the company itself may not know any better. Certainly with smaller companies, they may not understand what their obligations are. I certainly have many clients, many employer clients, that contact me wanting to find out what they owe employees, and they have no clue. They're surprised to learn. Mm-hmm. So don't assume that just because you're working for a company and you know they're the company, they must know. No, in m- many cases, they don't. So that's one reason. Another reason is the fact that the company may hope that the person doesn't know any better. So the company may know that they owe this person uh, 24 months compensation, but they hope that the person believes that it's less than that. And in many cases, they're right. In many cases, employers do get away with paying a lot less than what they actually owe because the person doesn't know any better. They're playing the odds. Yeah, they're playing the odds. It's actually good odds to play in that sense. So one of the things we've done uh, with with this show, with the severance calculators, try to educate and inform individuals so that you even up uh, the odds a bit. You're no longer one of the the ones, if you listen to the show, that doesn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, if you do lose your job, hopefully you don't lose your job, but if you do lose your job, 
Hopefully now you know that there's something you could do. You know how much you're owed. You've used the severance calculator. And if you haven't received what you're owed, you could do something about it. Yep, they can contact you through that. And don't be surprised by the number. The number is actually correct. We want to talk about uh, termination of employees on disability leave. We've uh, touched on this one before. So someone's allowed to take a disability leave, and for how long can they take it? Yeah, and you know, we started off the show by talking about the person that was diagnosed with cancer. Yep. He wanted to go on a leave. And you know, he also believed that, well, maybe he can only be off work for a certain period of time. Clearly, one may think that if I'm sick, if I'm on a disability, there's only so long I can be off work. Well, that's actually not the case, John. An employee can be off work as long as they need to be, as long as they have a doctor supporting them, as long as they have a doctor saying, this person cannot work. It could be a day, it could be a week, a month, a year, even longer than that, even a few years. If you're in a serious medical situation, maybe you have a medical condition or maybe you've been through some sort of a car accident, you can't be off, uh, can't be working you can be off work. You cannot be fired, penalized because you took time off work. So if that's the situation, you, there's no time limit. And guess what? Uh, an employer cannot prevent you. And uh, as long as the doctor is saying you, can, you, can, you have to be off work, you have to be off work. And if an employer doesn't let you do that, you give me a call. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Megan, good evening. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? What's up? Good. Thank you. Um, so I just have a question. I'm calling on behalf of a neighbor of mine. Um, so they work in a factory. Um, and they do get their breaks um, in the morning. However, they do not get like a break in the afternoon when it's really hot and they work in a condition that does not have air conditioning. Right. So I was just wondering what is, I guess, the standard for that of working in really harsh heat conditions? Uh, good question, Megan. Thank you very much, especially these days when you know the weather's gotten really hot all of a sudden. Yeah. So let me answer it. Uh, there's no legal obligation to provide air conditioning. What there is a legal obligation to do is to not put employees in an unsafe working environment. So if the factory is so hot, so warm that it can actually impact someone's health, they can, I don't know, get dehydrated, they can faint, uh, then that's an unsafe working environment. And in that case, yeah, you may actually have to provide air conditioning or, or a break or some way to escape the heat. Now, what's considered too hot? Well, that every case has to be looked at uh, on its own facts. Uh, it's it, it's not just because it's hot doesn't make it illegal. It actually has to rise to the level of being unsafe. So here's the best advice for your for your friend. Uh, if they're concerned that their work is unsafe because of the heat, they can and they should contact the Ministry of Labor. The Ministry of Labor has something called the Occupational Health and Safety Branch, and they those those individuals can actually come into the workplace and determine whether the work is safe to do, if whether the work environment is safe. And if the the Ministry of Labor determines that the work environment is not safe, they can order the employer to make changes, which could include putting in an air conditioner. So that's the best advice that I can give her. Contact the Ministry of Labor uh, and, and potentially file a complaint against this employer and at least have the Ministry of Labor investigate the working conditions. It can be hot and illegal, but that's a different show for a different time. So that's we'll, right. we'll hang on to that one. <laughs> we'll hang on uh, to that. 416 and star 640 on sale. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up here on Talk Radio AM 640. You can also get a hold of Lior two different ways, and that is email Lior at employmenthour.com or his own number, 416 216 5,900. We were talking about uh, termination of employees on disability leave. And, uh, you know, we, we determined that, uh, you know, how long can the disability leave? It can go on for months, days, even years. When, when does it get to a point for, you know, maybe the employer's benefit where they can they can you know, wave the flag of frustration of contract? How long can yeah. that go on for? So at some point, the employee's leave is going to be so long 
long, mm-hmm. okay? And, but they're and, never coming back. Yeah, like exactly. That they've been gone for so long that we really don't have to continue with this relationship anymore. Usually, that can only happen in in two situations. Number one, it's a very lengthy absence, usually a couple of years or more. And number two, there's really no prospect of this person ever coming back. So if it, the employee's been gone for two or three years, but the doctor is saying yes, there is a prospect of them coming back, mm-hmm. then you can't wave the white flag. On the other hand, if there's no prospect, the employer may be able to say, this is what we call a frustration of contract. We're not firing you, but our employment relationship has ended because you've been gone for so long. Now, the, the key, though, to understand is this. If you've been so gone for a very long time and the employer is now in a position to wave that flag and yep. say frustration of contract, the employer still has to pay severance, except it's not the full severance. It's only the minimum amount of severance. So it's effectively a, a, a week uh pay for a year of service, but you still have to get that in a frustration of contract situation. And we'll talk more in a second about some other situations where you get your full severance if you lost your job. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Tony in Toronto, good evening. Uh, yes, hi. I'm just uh, questioning uh, sure. my wife. I mean, she worked a, a pretty low-paying job about, uh, uh, she got let go about three years ago. Uh uh, what happened exactly was she worked at Sears. Um, she got pregnant, only worked there for about a year, year and a half. Um, and then when she came back, she was not offered um, uh, a position because the store had uh, essentially uh, dissolved. Yep. I so see. Is it, is it too long after the fact? She was told basically she wasn't owed any money because she didn't work there at least three years. Oh my gosh, no. First of all, that, that's completely wrong. She would have been entitled to, after a year and a half, probably three, four months pay, no problem. Unfortunately, Tony, it is too late. There's a two-year limitation period. And I think you said your wife, that your wife was let go three years ago. So she yeah. is unfortunately out of time. And, and you know, there's an important lesson there for all our listeners. Because yes, she, in this case, your wife probably would have gotten three to four months pay uh, assuming that the termination was legal because the, the store dissolved. They didn't let her go because she took a, a maternity leave, right. uh, because she was pregnant. Uh, they had to pay her severance, probably three to four months pay. But again, out of time, unfortunately. Talking about uh, employees on disability and severance, does the same thing apply for an uh, employee on maternity leave? Yeah. So when it comes to maternity leave uh, and, and disability leave, first of all, an employer cannot let you go because you took a disability leave or a maternity leave. So that that reason for termination can't be, well, you're going to be gone for a year on maternity leave or you're going to be gone for a year on a disability leave, so we're going to let you go because of that. That's illegal. That's a human rights violation. doesn't matter how much severance you get paid. That's illegal. On the other hand, if it so happens that while you're on a maternity leave or on a disability leave, the business is shutting down, the department is shut down. Like Sears there. Like right? Sears. And because of that, you lose your job. Then the termination itself is legal. You can lose your job even though you're on mat leave or on disability leave as long as the reason is not nothing to do with the leave. But, of course, you have to get paid your full severance. And that's com- calculated, as we know, based on the person's age, position, and the length of their employment. So is it possible to lose your job when you're on a disability or mad leave? Yes, as long as the reason is completely and totally unrelated to the leave. Is the calculation different for disability leave? It isn't. And some, some employers say, and I think, and I've heard this before, well, you're on a disability leave, John, so you can't work for the next year. So why am I paying you a year severance? Because you couldn't have worked anyway for the next right, year. Right, right. Nonsense. It doesn't work that way. So when a, if, if you're letting go of someone that's on a maternity leave or a disability leave, 
you have to pay them the full severance. It doesn't matter that they would not have been able to work for you uh, if you were uh, if you were taking them back. So the reality is, yes, the calculation, the way you calculate someone's entitlements, it's exactly the same whether they're uh, working or on a, uh, on a disability or medical leave. The calculation is exactly the same. Does that termination impact a person's disability benefits and the receiving from the insurer? It might. So what yeah. I mean by that is... Uh, if someone is receiving, let's say, long-term disability benef- benefits from their employer, uh, and in the meantime, the company pays them severance, mm-hmm. well, the insurance company may say, oh, wait a second, you now have other income. You have other income from your employer. So we, the insurance company that was paying you disability benefits, no longer have to pay you. So because of that, if that's the, if that's the situation, one of the things we can do is be a bit creative and maybe defer some of the severance till after the disability is over. So there are ways to to ensure that you you don't get penalized by the insurance company by getting severance. Right. So that's why it's always, always very important to get some legal advice because we can structure the severance in such a way that allows you to also keep your disability benefits. Love to get your phone calls in here as we got to about 20 minutes left in this hour. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up on Talk Radio AM 640. 743 Employment Hour, yep, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your sale. Get to a couple emails as well, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Boris says, I uh, asked for a pay raise because I had not received one in years when my boss said, no, I resigned and left. An hour later, I called my boss and told him that I, I, I don't resign and I want to come back to work. He said that the company has already accepted my resignation. Out you go. Can I do anything? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting scenario, Boris, and a fortunate one. And for, for your employer, unfortunately, they've done it wrong. And here's what I mean. Uh, I understand why you'd be upset uh, that you didn't get a pay raise, by the way, legally, and a company doesn't have to provide a pay raise, but I understand why he'd be upset. And in the heat of the moment, Boris says, fine, I, then I'm out of here. If you're not going to treat me well, I'm gone. He goes home. He talks to his wife. He realizes, oh, my gosh, what the heck did I just do? Hashtag mortgage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hashtag uh, kids' uh, education. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so he says, no, no, this was heat of the moment. I want to come back to work. Mm-hmm. Well, the law understands that. The law understands that in some situations you may say things in the heat of the moment that you don't mean certainly when it comes to resignation. So can you take it back? Yes, absolutely. You can take it back. So once he told them, you know, an hour or a day, whatever it is later that, no, no, I, 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 I spoke at the heat of the moment. I didn't mean it. I'm coming back to work. He can do that. And if they say no, guess what? That becomes a termination at that point. So even though he was the one that said initially I'm resigning by not taking them back, they've now terminated his employment. So this employer, Boris, they owe you severance. Now, I don't know enough about your situation to assess how much you're owed. I don't know the length of your employment, your age, your position. But you and I need to speak because what I can tell you for sure is that you are owed severance, and you and I definitely need to speak off air as soon as possible. What's the uh, what's the over-under on that, or at least the time limit as far as you can go back and say, just kidding, like what, you got a week? Yeah, if you're going to say it's heat of the moment, two, mm-hmm. maybe three days That's kind it, of right? at, at the high level, yeah. uh, you know, anything more than that, it, it doesn't seem like it's heat of the moment. Heat of the moment is, listen, I spoke when I wasn't thinking clearly. Now I've had the day to calm down, to cool off. Now I'm thinking clearly. So a couple of days, three days, anything more than that, you're, you're getting into da- uh, dangerous territory. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll get to Martin, says, I'm an employer. There you go. I have a, an employee that is consistently late. I warned him many times about this. I decided to let him go for cause, but before I was able to do that, he went on disability leave. 
what can I do? Yeah, no, it's a tricky situation. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I get calls and like that sometimes at the office. An employee says, listen, I was going to let someone go really honestly, but now they're on disability leave. The, the problem is, you know, for Martin, if he now goes to this person and says, well, I'm letting you go because you were late all these times, it may look like he's letting him go because he's on a disability leave, even though that's not the reason, because the timing kind of sucks. So the problem here is, is that a timing. So if Martin can prove that this was in the works before, if he can show that he had already drafted materials or made the decision before the person went on the disability leave, he's fine. How do you do that? I'm not sure. But if you can actually prove as a fact, as a, as a mathematical fact, that this was done already, the decision was made before the disability it predates leave, the disability. The, it predates, right. you're okay to go ahead and terminate. Because if ever challenged, you can show your proof that this had absolutely nothing to do with the disability leave. Because, you, you, I mean, you've had this, we've talked about this on past shows over the last you know, three years, that sometimes you get uh, in the case where someone will start employment after a week, two weeks. Oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. Yeah. It's like, oh, you knew. You knew. You knew. Exactly, you knew. But it comes down to, t- to timing, right? And yeah. on the other hand, for Martin, if he can't prove this, again, if he can't prove that he, this was already in place before uh, his employee went on disability leave, my best advice is wait for the person to come back, let them come back, and at yeah. some point down the road, let them go. Distance yourself from the disability leave. The concern I'd have for Martin is that he may be considered... Uh, to have uh, violated the person's human rights by letting them go because they're on a disability leave, even though I know that's not the case. So either prove that this was not related to the disability leave or wait it out. Does an employer have to continue benefit coverage for an employee on disability? So the answer is uh, no. The employer does not have to continue benefit coverage for an employee on a disability leave. That said, if the employer does continue coverage, they can't then stop it. Right. Okay. So if the employer does decide, even though they don't have to, to continue someone's benefit coverage, health, dental, when they're on a disability leave, they can't decide six months later, now we want to stop it. At that point, if they stop it, it could become a constructive dismissal. Right. In other words, it's illegal. 416 870 star 640 on sale. Got Singh in Toronto. Good evening. Uh, hi there. Can you hear me? Yep. We got you. How are you? So, good, good. So, I used uh, your services last year, uh, actually maybe the year before last. It took okay. a couple months to, to settle with my company. Yep. And I, I left on good terms, so there was no problem. It was just a numbers crunch, and it was it, it was a large company. So, my, my concern is that if I ever wanted to go back to that company, apply for a different position, would they hold it against me that I, that I took your services instead of just signing the paper? Well, it's a good question. I've never seen that happen. I mean, because as you said, in most cases, we don't burn bridges. It's all done above board, respectful. This is just a, a business transaction at the end of the day. So I don't see why they would hold any any grudges against you. That said, I don't know the people. Are they unreasonable? Are they vindictive? Are they jerks? Yeah, you know, I really don't know. But should it? No, uh, it shouldn't be held against you. In most cases, I've had many uh, of my clients go back down the road uh, to to their former employers. So I don't see any reason. Uh, I think you can certainly apply there, and hopefully they'll assess your uh, application based on your merits. There's no harm in trying, right? There's absolutely like, no yeah. harm in trying, and I, I'd yeah. be very surprised, think, uh, frankly, if if there was uh, any any bad blood there. There really shouldn't be. Very large company, you know, thousands, tens of thousands right. of uh, employees. So, so even less uh, likely that that because the, the people you're probably going to be hiring you probably are not even the people that were exactly. dealing with the matter back then. So you should be absolutely fine. Okay, good enough. 
All right, thanks, pal. We'll uh, take a little break here, get to another email or two, possibly some more phone calls. If you have questions, 416-870-6400-STAR-640-ON-SALE and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. It is the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640. 7.53, last few minutes here. We'll get to a uh, phone call if they come through. And in the meantime, I'll, uh, well, actually, I think we got uh, we got Johnny on the line now. Hi, Johnny. Hello. Hey, hey pal. Hi. So, so question, so my wife works for a municipality, and uh, she makes, uh, you know, uh, she's part-time, and she makes, uh, you know, let's just call it, let's say, $15 an hour. And they said to her is that um, unless she goes and takes additional, some courses, that they're going to bump her down to a lower pay scale and change her job, uh, or change her job classification. And, you know, she's not, uh, she's not 20 years old anymore, and by the time she finishes these courses, she'll be retirement age, and she wants to know if they can do that. Now, Johnny, is your wife part of a union? No. Okay. So if she's not part of a union, the answer is absolutely not. They cannot do that. Uh, they, they cannot demote her. They can't pay her less money. They can't do any of that. Uh, if they don't want her working there, they have a right to let her go with full severance, of course. But they cannot say, we've decided because we don't like your skills or because you don't have other skills that we're going to pay you less money. That would be a constructive dismissal, which means it's as if they've terminated her, terminated her and now they owe her severance. Now, Johnny, how long have you, has your work, uh, wife worked there? About uh, eight years. Eight years, and you said she's close to retirement age. And what, what, what does she do? Um, she, um, she works in the library. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, you know, not a, not a high level position. So she's probably going to be owed right around 10 months pay. Okay. So okay. If she's, she's owed about 10 months pay. Uh, and if they do that to her, effectively, she has a choice. If they decide to pay her less in a different position, she can accept it. No, it is, it is part time. So that doesn't have any bearing. No, it does not have any bearing. They owe 10 months okay. of, of income, whatever income for her is. Yeah, so, and the other, yeah, go ahead. They're doing specific to her. They've mentioned that that's going to be kind of policy, so they can't. Well, whoever they do that to, they could have the same rights. Every that, exactly, as long as they're not okay. unionized, any employee that's demoted, that's getting paid less, it doesn't matter if they worked there for a year or 50 years, they're, they have the same rights, the same situation. They can treat their employment as a constructive, as constructively dismissed. So, John, if this happens to your wife or, or, or any of her colleagues, they should definitely give me a call as soon as possible. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Johnny. That number, 416-216-5900. Yeah, that sounds like it could be uh, bubbling under something right there. We'll get to an email, uh, possibly one more phone call if we've got time here in the last couple of minutes. Uh, we'll throw this one over to Sam. says, I just found out that one of my employees who was on parental leave uh, is a new father and is actually working somewhere else. Do I have to take him back at the end of his leave? Uh, no, you, you don't. Uh, the reason someone takes uh, parental leave to, is to spend time with their, with their child. And if they're not doing that, they're working somewhere else, they're being dishonest, they're not entitled to a leave. So in that situation, if you find, if you find out that uh, someone is not being on leave when they're supposed to, they're working somewhere else, you are allowed to let them go for cause potentially in that case. Got uh, Greg in Durham. Uh, good evening, Greg. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking my call. Okay, what's up? I was uh, losing my job, and uh, I, I was in for two, uh, two meetings with the boss, and they showed me a package, and the second time I went in, uh, they'd asked if I had spoke to anybody about it. I said I was in the process of speaking with the host, and they came back but 20 minutes later, and they upped it four times as much. All right, that's what I'm talking <laughs> so, about. Preach the gospel, son. <laughs> so are you saying just because you told them you're, you're speaking to me, they, they improved it, right? 
Yeah, I said you, I said you, had, you hadn't been in, in contact with him yet, and they said no. I said, well, you should be expecting his uh, his call then. I said, well, I spoke to them uh, the other day, and uh, they said, okay, hold on a minute. They came back, must have been twenty twenty five minutes later, and it was the package was four times as much. Wow, that that's amazing. I'm glad you shared this story, Greg. Congratulations, that's great news. So the lesson here is, you don't even need to speak to me necessarily. Just tell someone that you spoke to me, and the money will just flow in. Uh, no, that's great. Good, good news. You're like the employment terminator. Yeah, that's it. My, my name alone back. instills fear. Uh, Jim, we'll try to get you under the wire here. you got about a minute. What's up? Okay. Been with the company for about 10 years. Helped open it. <clears throat> uh, recently, my employer, American company, wants to throw in a, a piece on the contract saying, hey, anything that I've ever invented anywhere, anything that I invent in the future, basically it's all theirs. And they're not giving me anything for it. Do, do you so care? I, do you care about that? Do you actually invent things in your job? I have invented a few things, but not. You know, yeah, I've, I've got some ideas on a few things. I just don't like the fact that they're doing it. They're not offering me anything. You know, they did it to everybody in the organization. Yeah, so no, I, you know, I, I looked at it from a very practical standpoint. If, in fact, you don't care because you're not, you know, an engineer, not inventing things, then let, let it, leave it be. It's not worth getting into a big fight over it. On the other hand, if, if it's something that, that's a, a real issue, you create things if they want it, then, yeah, they should give you something for it, uh, and then uh, and that's something you should negotiate. So, practically speaking, you have to decide whether this is something you really want to get into a fight over. It depends if it really matters to you. Wrap for another Another week until uh, Sunday, we'll, we'll meet again. In the meantime, the number to get hold of Lior, 416-216-5900. Write that one down at LiorEmploymentHour.com. And if you've ever wondered what you're owed and you can't make a phone call, SeverancePayCalculator.com. We'll give you all the information and contact at the end if you need to know that as well. Until next Wednesday, until Sunday, the Employment Hour, right here, Talk Radio AM 640.